the worst moments of our life. Hey, girl. Hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of like worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. How bad can I be? And <laughs> we feel the pain is best or funny. Hello and welcome, welcome to worst, worst ever, ever podcast. Fuck you. I'm your host, Christine Lakin. Oh my god. Ah. Anyways, welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. I'm still toothless, uh, but you can go to GoFundMe back dot com backslash allows new grill. I had to pick your ass up today on the way to this podcast. I, ha- I am getting my surgical stuff done tomorrow. I had to get Valium antibiotics. It's not Valium. It's Valium. 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 What's Valium? Valium. I I don't know. I I don't know. Is it a buffet or buffet? It's buffet. <laughs> I say buffet. <laughs> All right, so Valium or Valium. It's Valium. Uh, Tylenol with codeine and Motrin 800 and... uh, I don't feel like Tylenol with codeine is going to help you with anything. Well, here's the thing. I asked, I go, can you just give me the Vicodin? Right. She goes, oh, only medical doctors can prescribe that. And I was like... "Um, you're performing like surgery. Like you're giving me bone graft. You're like putting sutures in and you can't prescribe Vicodin. I'm like panicked. I'm like, I, I'm literally, uh, I'm so scared for tomorrow. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. By the tomorrow way, you're having a bone graft. I'm having the bone graft. I'm having teeth pulled and then I'm having the partial put in until that heals. Then hopefully I can afford a bridge. Okay. And then Ugh. it goes on and on and on and on and on. It's a lot. Nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, Should we? Yeah, we are very excited about this episode, you guys. Okay, this is just a disclaimer. We are not recording at our usual podcast location. We have come to <laughs> our guest today because she's a big deal. She's a lot going on. Her dog almost died earlier today. There, she's getting just, evicted. She's getting evicted. There's a lot to talk about. She's also a major TV star now. So, you know, she's got a schedule to keep uh, in the midst of getting evicted. Um, she's a major streaming star. That's correct. Okay. Sorry, streaming. Digital star? I don't know. Anyway, but but there's things happening web, in this. Web series. Web webs. series star. The webs. They're, they're um, doing a lot of- commercials. <laughs> <laughs> doing a lot of work on this building. A lot of, um, local, lot of local sleepies ads. <laughs> so if you hear a buzz Levitz. You'll love it. You'll love it at Levitz. Oh my God. I love that commercial. I love it at Levitz. Levitz. Yeah. Just ignore the buzz sauce. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, direct from her living room, my friend, Jackie Tone. Hi. Everyone's Hi. wondering, like, who's Jack? I'm like, Jackie Tone. By the way, your heart is, you're, you're hard. Your name is you're not hard. Wrong. Your name is hard to remember. Jackie Tone. I'm like, Jackie Tone. I'm like, mm. I, I've I, never heard that before in my entire life. Seriously? Yeah, 100%. No. People mean, are like, you have the easiest name ever to remember because it's Jackie Tone. No, I want to call you Tony. <laughs> For some reason, my head goes to the oh. last name. Are you dyslexic? I'm not being, pl- I am. I'm not playing. Oh, I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah. I am. That makes sense. Okay. It's T O H N, but Tone, you know, it's That's like, your given name, your Jackie Tone. Gov- government name. Mm-hmm. People, when I was a kid, used to go, Jack at home, Jack, Jack at home. <laughs> That's maybe like, I need- it's actually funny that you say that because it's a comically easy name to remember. Jackie I feel Tone. like, yeah. yeah. I I- so Jackie and I have also, known I each other. I just want to clear something up what? really quick. Glenn, I got nervous when you said Glenn almost died, even though I said Glenn almost died first, which is my dog. He didn't almost die, guys. He got he his had paw a major- caught in a chair and he was had- screaming, crying so loud that I melted down and started weeping instead of helping him. And it was not a hot look. Yeah. So that is what she So we meant. know you're not good in a crisis. We know you're emotional. You're emotional. I was going to ask you this building because it's like, it's on stilts, I think. Yeah. Hey, who knows? But have you been in an earthquake in here? No. 
It's so funny because we walked up and there was like signs on residents' windows. <laughs> yeah, like, saying like our landlord is suing, suing us, us and, and people, people over, over profits. profits. I mean, there's a lot going on in this building. It's like today. a commune here. Yeah, it's not like a – sure. Well, yes, and that, even <laughs> okay. though it's totally um, – yeah, it's – um there's a lot going on. Yeah, I guess we're not rent-controlled. So basically – Everyone has lived here since the 70s. Yeah, um, that's right. That's – what that means. Well, they're not rent control. Yeah, we're not rent controlled. So they can just kick in. Oh. Basically, a new owner bought the building and so the rents are going up and so a lot of people are leaving. But it wasn't but rent controlled, but he wasn't raising the rent is what I'm... Is the old owner was the not raising owner. the rent. Right. And so people, now there's no reason... The thing is, it's leave. like, here's what sucks. It's like, this is so boring. Let's talk about something else. No one cares okay. about evictions. Uh, and believe it or not, pe- these people care. Okay, fine. So <laughs> the, the situation is that the guy who bought the building didn't do anything wrong. He yeah. bought a building. He saw a opportunity, which right, was like, right. wait a minute. These people are paying a dollar for these apartments. They could, we could be getting at least double or triple the rent. And that's what he's doing. And you don't have to, if you live here, you're obviously going to be upset because you don't want to have to leave. And that right. sucks. But it's, it's just, well, it not sucks. everyone's on a hit series. I'm sorry, Jackie Tone. Look, it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to leave. And you know I, what I, I mean? Think, I wasn't. I think that the law is about to change about rent control. Yeah. So he's trying to get it in before. Sure. Well, the, people, the, the situation people, fucking sucks. Like yeah. I was comfortable in my apartment. I wasn't trying to go anywhere. I'm being uprooted and having to leave too. It's not a money thing as much as I it is it. a total inconvenience, but it's yeah. also like, what am I? What am I what am I like? I'm not going to fight the guy. So no. here I am. It's no. fine. So you're not moving. like your neighbors a, who made the signs. Right. But you're moving to a nice area with the great restaurants, by the way. Yeah. Great restaurants over here too. But yeah. 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 Like, and you were saying something when we started, but then I interrupted you to talk about how Glenn didn't almost die. Cause I got superstitious. So what yeah. were you saying? Oh, you knew I was saying that. Oh, so, uh, so Jackie and I have known each other for quite a long time. Oh, actually. God. I think it's been maybe 15 years, maybe. Uh, I would say on the at least on the at least spectrum of that. I was doing a musical, and at the same time, Jackie was doing a play. Was that a play? Snow. Yeah, when you were doing Utopia. I saw Snow too. You guys met? I I met Jefferson. No, I didn't know Kristen. So. Kristen and I met because Andy was directing Snow, Snow right. and Jutopia. And time. so I went to go see Snow and she, I guess we you guys came, came and Jutopia. she said to Andy, like, ooh, that girl feels like she'd be my friend. Oh, and then he that. introduced us and we like went to the flea market one day in 2003. And now we've been best friends for 15 years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys knew each other before no, that. No, we met because of Snow and Jutopia. Uh, we're talking I about saw, Kristen Bell. I saw Snow. Oh, you did? Way back in the day? Mm-hmm. You didn't see Jutopia, though. I did not see Jutopia. Mm-hmm. See? Well, we don't have the, the history you guys have. That's right. right. Um, but then I would see you over the course of all these years of the auditioning and sitting in different waiting rooms. And forever. Forever and ever. And uh, Jackie's a multi-talented individual. Not only is she a hilarious person and a great actress, but she's also very musical. And uh, I think a lot of people don't know that about you. I think that's true. You really have that, like a major singer songwriter thing going on. Um, you had, did you know, did you end up performing your one woman show recently? I did. No, I haven't done it recently. The last time I put the show up was in 2014. We did it at Comedy Central stages out here and we did it at a really cool little black box workshoppy space called IRT on Christopher Street in New okay. York. And it was really rad and it sort of opened up a whole new thing for me. There were like a bunch of years in there where I was pretty frustrated that I, like most actors, that I felt like I had a skill set like one that many people have and I just couldn't get hired 
And I would get especially frustrated when people would say they were looking for somebody exactly like me. And I would I go in that. and then they'd cast like a blonde hair, blue eyed, beautiful girl who would be lovely and talented from like Laguna Beach. And they were like, we're looking for like real Jews from Brooklyn who play the guitar. And I'd show up and be like, what the fuck you want from me? Right. Like, yo, <laughs> with the guitar, bring a ukulele, bring a keyboard. Like I'll bring all my instruments, Bert from fucking Mary Poppins, the thing. And be like, yo, Jew from New York. And then see the people in the waiting room and then see who got the job and just go like, oh, I don't. I got to a point a couple times where I was like, I actually don't know what to to do anymore because it's fine if I'm not getting the part and I'm not right for it. But if I'm not even considered and it it's literally, you yeah. know how that is. And it's yeah. literally you they're describing and then yeah. they just hire someone. It's very confusing. Who yeah. was your like nemesis in the casting? Like that one person that you'd always see that would always book because Christine has one. I have one. Yeah. Who's that person for Who's you? Who's yours, Lakin? Do you, do you don't want to say? Uh, well, I w- yes, I'll say she's not even a nemesis. She's a friend of mine. Of course. Not, but she, not but I mean, she's yeah, this girl not, that got, yeah. But, Mine's um, not a nemesis either. Mine's yeah. like, just a person she who. She couldn't be more different. I think physically, um, her name is Virginia and she's really tall and really blonde, <laughs> but she's just like physically a totally different type. But, but they we always, get, we get down to the end. Like we've gotten down to the end several times together. We've been at network together and I'm like, Oh my God, what is it about? Just the two of them. Yeah. And there was another, there was another actress, same thing. Tall, Amazonian, blonde, and we like for years we were always it was always her and I at the last call of the producers. It was odd. I'm trying to think of who mine are because it like used to be back in the day. It would be like I would be up for something. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is going back, but it was it used to be me and Taryn Manning. Like oh, I don't know. Like yeah, I was. Yeah. It was between us two for Hustle and Flow. Oh wow! And then it was, and then I was up. And then it was between us for a couple, like it was, it was always like real quirky, weird, deep voice, raspy little, like, you know, yeah, scrappy yeah, yeah. little mice. Um, well, I could say you don't look between, alike, but you have a, I guess there's oh, a similar but that East Coast vibe. Yeah. We're like little and, you know, yeah. not so much anymore. Yeah. But like back in the day, you, and she was also musical and she was doing boom. Like it was just always, right. and then there was like a lot of Lizzie Kaplan stuff back in the oh, day yeah, that okay. was happening. There was a couple Lindsay Sloan vibes happened back in the day. Right. Um, but I think it was more, I mean, quite honestly, what's really interesting that right before Glow, I wasn't, I was not popping off. I wasn't getting appointments. So for like probably three, four years before Glow, I didn't really have those moments like I did all right. of my 20s. Well, the industry changed Where I was testing well. for every single thing. Right. And it was like me and Lakin were in rooms and me and this one were in rooms. Always like people I was running into at everything. But- the, my my biggest competition were more like commercial girls whose names you wouldn't know because right. I was like doing really well commercially and it would be like between me and one girl for a commercial. And, but that was like, that was my bread and butter for probably five from 2000. I booked glow in like 2016 and from 2012 to 16, my full living was commercials. Which is amazing considering I feel like it's I've, harder to make a living in commercials, commercials now. now because I've, I've I well, mean, you know, 10% of them are union. It's like, it's a, right. it's a, it's, exactly. ridiculous. it's a shit show. All right. Let's she reminds talk- me a little bit of, by the way, just a side note, a little bit of like the white, white version of Alana Ubach. Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. Like your personality. A similar vibe. Alana Ubach. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Did you see the legally blonde movies? 
She's a Puerto Rican Jew. You're a Brooklyn Jew. Right. There's yeah. a, there's a, yeah. But the voice, uh, mm-hmm. there's like the I'm humor. Here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, you guys. God, could, she sounds gorgeous. Well, she she's sounds gorgeous. amazing. She's, she's hilarious. hilarious. Well, if you, if I remind you of her, she must be so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds beautiful. She, she sounds like she has a really supple bosom. She sounds like she's a really supple bosom. Wow. Yeah, very, wow. One of you about that. Wow. So, glow. Glow. Let's talk glow for a second. I, I'm curious the, the audition process for glow. The best. So when you go in for it, do you know, I mean, it's Genji Cohen. So, you know, this is like a made show, but were you, did you get that it was going to, I mean, nobody knows what they're really going to, what the show's really going to do great. before you do it. Here's what's great. With a show like Glow, you're trying out for a series. You're not trying out for a pilot. Right, right. And that as an actor, as a, I've been acting since I'm nine years old and, um, I have done so many pilots and tested for countless pilots and every pilot I ever did, you know, I can't, I don't think there was one pilot I tested for that became a hit to where I look back and was like, shit, you know what I mean? And that's, and even then that's probably 20 at least tests. And um, so when you're trying out for a show, that's a series already. That is insane. Yeah. You know, you're going to see it. Like it's going to be somewhere. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be a hit or not, but you knew it was Genji and we didn't get a chance to read the pilot. Okay. So they didn't give us the pilot. They just gave us sides. They Which, just gave by us the way, pages. is one of my favorite pilots. I think of the last five years, it's such a uh, good, uh, uh, pilot. we're going to get into that, but go thank ahead. you. I, I love it so much. I like, it's I have these moments show. where I'm like, huh? I'm on it's so good. I'm the best. It's the best show. I mean, we, I, like I made weird... him watch it. Well, no, like, she didn't make right. me watch it. Just so you know, I, I was literally like, you have to start this. No, no, no. Here's what happened. Okay. I was like, oh, let me, I'm going to watch a couple episodes of this show, Glow, whatever, you know? Uh, first of all, I just got Netflix like six months ago because mm-hmm. I was like, I am not paying $7 a month. Right. <laughs> but by the way, if you cancel your cable, which you obviously should, no, then you No, because I watch all the Housewives and the, I need got, my Judge Judy and- He needs his view. I need my view. I need my- yeah. It is too much. I, I wouldn't watch any of that stuff gone to my head. Okay. Well, okay. Gotcha. Well, I do. God bless. I'm not saying it wasn't a judgment. I was just saying like, that's why I cancel Listen, my cable because okay. I don't need that. People's Court and Judge Judy. Yeah, like, I love he's it. He's literally Dr. caving. Dr. Phil. Like I'm- yeah. By the way, taping VHS. Okay, go on. Uh Okay, go ahead. So I said, oh, I'll just watch a couple episodes. I could not stop watching. I binge. She's like, she thought I just finished season one. I go, no, no, no. I canceled like appointments. (laughs) I finished both seasons in like the Thank day, like you. it was so fucking it's good. So good. Except for one episode bothered me, but we'll talk about oh, it later. Oh, tell me. I'm, I'm actually very interested. You know what? You know what I love about that? No one tells me that stuff. I'm going to tell so, you which please. episode. Uh, the episode within an episode. Oh, you're insane. It made me crazy. I was like, I, enough of that. I want because I want to. funny about you saying that? Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Whether I was on that or not, that's one of my favorite episodes of television I've ever seen I, in no. my whole life. It could have been nine hours long. No, I made me I crazy. I cannot get over how amazing to cut me out. I mean, take me out of the mix. I stare at the television. Like it's a dream to me. It's like a well-written, not, not, not that Tim and Eric is not well-written. It is incredibly well-written, but it's like a, it's like a digestible Tim and Eric, that episode to me where Tim and Eric is so all over the place and so weird that it's like, for sure, not for the masses. That episode for me was like the weirdest left version of Something that you could still digest, but obviously I, I think it was, I think for me, I was so invested in your characters. Like I, like I literally wanted to get on with, I want I wanted, the, I wanted, to, I wanted yeah. to get back to you guys. You know what I mean? Like I and was, you were like, able to in episode nine. Thank God. Right. 
Um, Were you so scared that it, the rest of the season was just going to continue and be show within a show forever? No, I oh, okay. knew it was like this. I was like, this is there being artsy fartsy right now, right. like whatever. But first of all, the DP is amazing. Uh, the visually it's gorgeous to watch. Right. I love that you guys are sort of, because Instantly when I thought, oh, wrestling and it's eventually going to be beautiful, you know what I mean? Like very glam. like high quality yeah. glam. And the fact that there's like this like weird, I, I feel like there's a weird like dark filter in front of the camera mm-hmm. that sort of like just makes you guys in a glamorous way as simple and broke down as possible. It's so and every character in there, it's like I, I want to hear about the audition because I want to know if you tested, who you tested with, who I mean, was that the original cast? Did you have to do wrestling? I mean, I'll tell you everything. Uh, yeah. okay. And so, then I also want to know, because I noticed in season one, you guys were billed as guest stars. And in season yes. two. That's a very inside baseball conversation that I'm, by the way, happy to have. I want to mo- have it. But John Q. Public wouldn't have noticed that. But you, of course, as an actor, yeah. are, do notice that. Yeah. So I'm popping one overall down just because they're feeling tight in the, yeah. the Tokus area. Sure. Oh, let me just release. Yeah, oh, release you know that what? camel I'm popping, toe. I'm popping both. Oh, okay, there you go. Ahead. Oh, for those of you at home, I popped both overall clips down and now my black tank is re- is revealed in such a, I don't know, sort of sexual way. It and is I feel, very vulnerable. Let's take a quick left turn and talk more about that. So on the audition, I, this is a, just a very short backstory. I would never, not that I would never, you don't know, but. The way that my career was going, it is very unlikely I would have ever been considered for Glow if I hadn't just played Gilda Ratner. Right. Oh my God, you are so Gilda Gilda Radner. I did not know that. You are fucking Gilda Radner. (laughs) For Netflix. Netflix. Yes. You got to be fucking kidding me! Oh yeah, you got to see her. I have to see that. that. What it's so it's, what is it? So it's good and it's but it's also a little bit sad. So What's it's it a called? movie called A Futile and Stupid Gesture, directed by the incredible David Wayne, and it's about Doug Kenny. I love David Wayne, is, by the way. How could you fucking not? He's the best. It's um, it's a movie that's about the sort of inset the rise and fall basically of National Lampoon, right. and this guy Doug Kenny, who was a college sophomore at Harvard, who started the Lampoon. And so he, through his journey, he brought on for National Lampoon Radio Hour, for National Lampoon Live, the Lemmings performance. He brought on Belushi, Gilda, Aykroyd, Chevy. He he brought chills. He brought Chevy was his best friend. He brought them all on. So I play Gilda, but pre SNL. Got it. So oh God, you're in so that fucking, movie, I mean, you're Gilda yeah, right now. A lot of stuff. I love her so much. A lot of stuff um, that we shot, unfortunately, got cut because a lot of those sort of icon people that we all played, it didn't serve the Lampoon story. It was cool and interesting to watch, but it wasn't, that wasn't what the movie's about. Right. So if the movie was about like these stars before SNL, not willing, I'd be guilty in that, but this was a different movie. So if you saw it, you're not going to be like, oh my God, you really got to. Right. You but know, I but mean, I, the but story I is enough. I want to see it It was anyways. amazing. Okay. But anyway, so they had seen every, the, as far as I understand the story, um, Allison Jones was casting and they'd seen everybody in the city and I couldn't get arrested. And finally on the very last, like one of the last days of casting for Feudal and Stupid, I went in to see Allison Jones and literally the two other girls that were there for Gilda were Latin. That is where they had gotten. Wow. That is where they had gotten in the casting process. Wow. She, there was one, two girls that were there and the three of us. And it was like Gilda Radner, who I, Gil, 
Gilda, right. yeah. who was like my icon, right. hero, legend, who I literally like went out of my way to look like my whole life right. with the frizzy right. Jewish hair parted in the middle. And I'm like, that was how bottom of the barrel they had gotten. And I brought costume changes. I had, yeah, I brought my guitar because there was a scene where she played. And but this there is like was, a pre-read? That's right. Go ahead. There was, bitch, I went in, I was like, yeah. there's no way. I called my agent when I got the audition and I was like, and I was at this small company and I was like, this, you don't, you don't understand the whole world has to, has to stop. So I went in to meet with Allison and I had all my costume changes. And I said to her, cause I had dated a dude years ago who tried really, really hard to get a directing gig and they were embarrassed for him. Like they called his, and the, the feedback to his reps was like, it was a little try hard. Ooh. He like made a movie poster later who oh. he made a movie poster, which I thought was amazing and charming. And he put like the credits on the bottom of who he thought should star in it. And he had his whole vision okay. and they called his right. reps and they were like, it was a little cheesy. It was a little over the top. I told Allison that story. I go, this is going to maybe be cheesy. This is going to maybe be over the top, but I am, this is, this is Sometimes it, it pays off to just go. To be honest. To, I, well, and sometimes it pays off to go to the extra mile and just be like, I'm fucking going for it right And now. I said, I'm telling costume you what. Change and all. I have costume changes. She's like, girl, do your thing. So also I walked in and I'll show you the picture. I looked yeah. just like her. And question. And this is on tape. Many, what, she's going to show this to producers. Yeah. Right. And How many right. scenes are there that you would do costume changes? Oh, really? And they said, if you want, just to get a flavor, you could do some of her characters from SNL. I did them all. Yeah, <laughs> so you did. I think oh, I did wow. six. Did you do Rosanna Dana? It's the only one I didn't do. <laughs> oh my God. Because I thought it was, I thought everyone was going to do it. So I did like, <laughs> I did like, you know, I did that whole thing. And then I was like, oh, never, never mind. I did Emily Latella. I did never mind. You know, what is with violence on TV? <laughs> and I did all the characters and I didn't do Rosanna Dana because I was like, I feel like everyone's going to go yeah, in there yeah, and do yeah. it. I'm going to do like the niche ass right. ones. And then as I was leaving, Allison Jones, I have chills. I was leaving and she was like, Jackie, I said, what's, what's up? I said, I was like nervous that she was going to be. And she was like, don't cut your hair. And I was like, oh my God. Then I saw, I went with Kristen to the boss premiere or some Melissa yeah. McCarthy movie she did. And I saw Allison there and she was like, I just want you to know that I'm working on this for you. Do not cut your hair. This is like looking good. And my agents, no one had told me that. I hadn't gotten any feedback. I didn't know anything. And a couple of days later, I got it. <gasps> then the, this whole long story, Jen Houston was out, who cast Glow, was Allison Jones' protege. Right. So Allison, when she was trying to get like boots on the ground to get me this part because they were still trying to offer it to like famous people who looked nothing like her right. or acted nothing like her. Allison sent my tape to Jen Houston and when Jen saw my tape, she was like, that girl needs to be on Glow and brought me Stop in for Glow. It. So she See, brings you is, in. When yeah. I had two nickels to rub together. So right. she brings you in for a pre-read again? 100%. Jen Houston flies in from New York for a very small glow session, pre-reading like me, Hulk Hogan's daughter, like randoms. Oh, what's her name? Brooke. Uh, yeah. Brooke. Uh-huh. Right. Is like, she in it? No. No, but she's but like she, a wrestler. Like, and they were just, see, <laughs> right, right. Well, she's a, yeah. she, I mean, she's pretty close to a pro wrestler. And so they were like figuring out what they wanted to see. And mm -hmm. Jen was like, no, this girl that played Gilda, like, I'm bringing her in. So I went in and I introduced myself to her and she goes, I've seen your Gilda tape is like, I watch it before I go to sleep. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. This is, I'm telling you, this was a person. Were I you like, to, can I get a copy? I, by the way, did, yeah, <laughs> can I use that? <laughs> by the way, like hadn't worked other than commercials in like yeah. a hot five years. So wait a minute. So then you go in, what, what do you wear for the glow audition? Are you wearing the leotard? By the way. So for, for the glow audition, they tell you, they were like, we just want to see what you look like normal. Don't dress 80s. Don't get crazy. Don't be. 
Fish, I put on a scrunch boot, a fishnet, a leotard. I did like my hair half up. I was like, I didn't do a full face beat because they really didn't want makeup. Right. But I was like, and then when I showed up, I was like, you guys said yoga clothes. This is what I work out in. Great. Great. See, mm-hmm. I love that you bring your sense of humor because most casting, casting directors, I mean, most are dicks to other people, but yeah. there's certain- oh, there's spe- like Jen and Allison, like, could mean, forget it. Yeah, best. there's certain personalities that they like, they're like, okay, we get it. Also, there's a weird thing on auditions when everybody is told to do one thing and you do the other thing. It's exciting. I'm not yeah. saying be a dick and go blatantly against every single thing they say, but if you give a little zhuzh when they say don't. Right. Also, like, yeah. that's what I do on the show. Right. So, like, oh, you're one liners on the show. Or so. how, how much is improv? They write the They write the shit out of that show, but they also let me do one. Or many, you know what I mean? I would say I throw quite a bit in, but of what you see on the show, I mean, they write it. And also they like speak, they know us now. And so they speak our language in such a way. Like when Sasha Rothschild wrote this line um, uh, where I go, oh, no, no, no. This was a Liz and Carly line. But when I steal Ruth's shoes and uh, she's like, those are from like, well, these are from my nursing day or my waitressing days. And I go, where'd your waitress a nursing home in Poland? Yeah. Now that just sounds like that. something I would so make up, but I didn't, that was just written. Like that's it's funny. Cause I, I feel like and I love it's those one of two things. Melrose yeah. is very you. I mean, totally. I was like, Oh my God, I can't imagine anyone else playing this part with those lines coming out of anyone else's mouth. It's so Jackie, but I wonder when they had, when they envisioned Melrose, was it you or have you become Melrose? Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's a combo because the sides that I read to audition were like very dirty, but they could have read really cute party girl. Right. They could have read just as easily. Like one of the role, one of the lines was like, um, like how she looks down and she realizes she didn't shave. So she's like tucking her pubes into the side of her leotard. <laughs> and she's talking to Arthi, who's played by Sunita Mani. And so she's like, um, will you let me know? Will you let me know like if a pube like sneaks out while I'm doing a Ford roll? Yeah. But like I made it like very much like me instead of like that could be like very party girl vibes is right. what I think they were going for. Uh-huh. But then she became... So she was Melrose and then she became, she was Melanie Rose. And then your girl came in and she became Melanie Rose in because they, <laughs> they oh couldn't, they couldn't beat the Jew out of the girl. So they were and, like, all right. There's so like an good. underlying thing there of like your, your, uh, I mean, I think you actually say it and I forget, but that you're sort of, uh, almost like a, a rich kid. Oh yeah. 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 Right? But mm-hmm. is it said on the show? I can't remember. But well, you I mean, she drives limo, like the white limo. But and, then there's also, what is it in like, is it? The end of season one. Where- By the way, spoiler: if you haven't watched Clove, stop listening. Yes, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, there's a statute of limitations on spoilers. Like, yeah, right. Season three. You yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. You start binging now. Yeah. Okay. Because um, she says something about like, oh, you're just a rich girl who who you know always wanted something about your dad. Always uh-huh. wanted your dad to like love you, and 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 it, and that and he doesn't, or something like that. Like, what is? I want to know the backstory on Melrose. Like, what is Me too. her deal? Me too. What do you think? You know, it's hard. We, I was just talking to the showrunners about this. It's so hard because we only do, we only make 10 episodes and there's a, we have a pretty big ensemble Mm -hmm. and we don't like so far. And I think we will, but so far in two seasons of 10 episodes each, you don't really get to answer all those questions. I think it'll be a little bit more clear in season three, but I do think that she is 
you know, not a crazy trust fund baby like Bash, but like her parents are New Yorkers and they have money and they probably like own a brownstone. Private school. Private school and like just did a lot of drugs. She went to like an all girls school. So she's like just always trying to look for dudes to get laid, live her life. But I think truly, you know, similar to my upbringing, I... I have two big brothers and I was, I think she's just wired this way. Like I still am trying to unpack in therapy what the need for attention is. Like, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Cause my parents always gave me attention. It wasn't like I was neglected. And so I'm like, I'm going to prove to you I can be seen. It's like my parents gave me plenty of attention. I moved out of the house when I was 18 and same story here. I know. So I think it's like with, it feels the similar, same with Melrose where she's mm-hmm. just like, she has to be the best and she has to be the center of attention and she'll go much further than I will, of course, you know, faking yeah, yeah. well, miscarriages and, uh, and the so like. I want to get yeah. back to the audition real quick. <laughs> oh, yes, please. So wait, so then you, you get past the first. Well, I'll rewind you. I auditioned for half the roles on this show. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so they kept bouncing you around. Okay. I read Ruth you, I was a gonna, lot. Yeah, I was going to say, if you read Ruth. I read Ruth a lot, a lot, a lot. And I read Sheila a little and Jenny a tiny bit, but mostly Melrose. And I think I was like, it's hard to say. I don't know. I think I was like maybe in the mix, but I don't know for like, I was going in for it a lot, but I think also they didn't have a ton of the rest of the script written. Right. And they had like really very beat out Ruth's sides. And so even if they thought I was a Melrose, there wasn't that much Melrose right. sides to read. So I, I don't know if they were looking at me as Ruth or they were thinking of me in their minds as Melrose, but having me read the Ruth sides, Got it's it. hard to know right. what the vibe was. Yeah. Um, and then they do but a test. I tested with Betty Gilpin for Ruth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but then I found out without testing for Melrose that I just got Melrose. That's why I'm saying got it. I don't oh, know. Okay. Like I never went in and like read Melrose right. sides for Genji. Right. I read Ruth sides for Genji, and then they were like we're putting the, this girl on this show and she is Melrose. Got it. So do you have to do like physical stuff in the audition? Not really. They wanted to make sure that we were athletic. Apparently I heard from Brittany Young, who plays Machu Picchu, Carmen, mm-hmm. that she was the only one that had a physical audition. Okay. Um, Cause they wanted her to be like strong and lifting and really. Had she worked before? No, she was Rachel Bloom's assistant. On Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. How, how did that happen? Chills again. First of all, they wanted someone who looks like a Pacific Islander. Yes. They wanted a girl who is fuller bodied, who looks like a Pacific well, Islander. Love the whole family. Like, it the was like whole oh, it's so family. good. Yeah. The like, Lumberjacksons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. The greatest. So they wanted someone who looked like a Pacific Islander. And Brittany, who does look Samoan, is mixed. She's half black, half white. Oh. oh, right. I know a lot of people don't I really know that. thought she was Samoan. Right. Yeah. A lot of people okay. do. So the character that she, her character is inspired by is, um, Mount Fiji, who is a Pacific Islander Samoan woman. Um, but anyway, with Brittany's character, I think they wanted to make sure that, you know, that she was athletic because she, her character is supposed to be the one who's teaching us. Yes. Right. So they need right. to make sure that also that she, she can looks move. like, yeah. So wait, she's, how does she get, how? Honestly, <laughs> well, I'll, well, I'll, I'll get her on the podcast. You I'm have sure to, be happy to do it. I'm like, but I actually don't know how she got the audition. I think she was acting. I think she, no, she was acting. She had done piecemeal of an episode of this, you know, ABC family vibe. And um, I think she had like maybe two credits, like two little one episode credits that were like little. And then 
she just got glow. The thing I just love about this show so much, a just that it there's just so many badass women in it, and it's really just such a show driven by women and women of all different shapes, sizes, colors. Unreal. And the fact that I it feels to me so much like each one of these characters, someone is the actors bringing so much of themselves to it. And especially in season two, you really see these characters start to like pop. There's that whole, God, I love that whole episode where, um, um, welfare mama, welfare queen, <laughs> Yo, welfare queen, when she goes up to see her son, mm-hmm. that's such that a great, like, me. oh my God, it killed me. See, that's what I want to see on glow. I want to see those departure episodes totally. where we go into what Melrose is doing. I agree. We go into why the fuck Sheila is dressed as a wolf. I can't wait to why talk about is Sheila. Sheila. I know. Like I want to go, but, but with but, only 10 episodes, I know, but there's so much, there's so in. much foreshadowing. I can tell it's happening, especially with the wig thing and the blonde. And there's something, I love that. I'm, go- I'm getting me chill. Again because I'm like going, oh, there's something's going to happen, and Everyone's it didn't happen. So I'm like, it's coming. It's Everybody coming. does have a secret, yeah. and yeah. we they have, we look. There's been a lot to unpack with the whole divorce, well, Mark, uh, with the whole divorce and the baby and the affair and the abortion. What's his name? Um, who that plays? was a crazy episode. Uh, well, I knew that was going to happen. I was like, yeah, I was surprised about the affair when I and that shocked me completely. I was because you forget about it and you're like, oh my god, and the. The crazy thing is who played the blonde? What's her name? Betty Gilpin. Yeah. She uh and her character is Sheila. No, no, no. It's, oh, um, oh. Uh, she's Liberty Bell. Liberty, Liberty Bell. Bell, yeah, yeah. So she I like felt for her and I like in the beginning and oh, then I yeah. started hating her mm-hmm. so much. By the end. And then by the end I she I like started liking her again. And I, I started know. liking her again. It's like it's crazy. So I have chills talking about it. And, I'm not joking. And I'm on the show. Is that weird? I no, but, it's not. And the fact that they've like seasoned the the leads, which are all leads, but they season these like big leads with you guys that like just it's just like this like pot roast that's just mm-hmm. being like you know I'm so ready to taste so yeah. great all the all the characters Mark um, Mark Maron. Maron. Can we talk about Mark Maron? genius he's killing okay he's killing is he ad libbing anything no. I have never seen a person more. He is reading that script and giving us those lines and delivering what is written for him. I mean, we he, laugh at it. I think my husband and I laugh at his one liners more than anything. They really so speak dry. our voices. They he's like, really, really, really he is man. like the, the writers are like the mammoth of t- yeah. today. Well, like, also so they're, good. they're both, um, they're both playwrights. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Right. Because and like that New York relationship playwrights. between like Ruth and him. I mean, it's there's some good stuff happening. It's there. so mm-hmm. good, and I love the camera guy. He was a surprise. Well, he's great. a great Victor Kinosky's so, and he's a right. He's amazing because he's been friends with Liz Flayhive, one of our showrunners forever. He's a writer on Big Mouth. He's writing other stuff. Oh, he's wow. actually one of our writers now on season three, and. He, Liz just was like, it's Victor who's Russell. It just God, is. He's so good. And he came in and he hasn't acted. He started as an actor when he was like a kid, when he was like going to college. And then he was like, I don't think, you know, this is really How for funny. me. And he start, got, got a really cool writing career going. Bashir as well, who plays, um, who plays the ref, who plays Cherry's. Oh, right. Cherry's husband. He's been a big writer for a while too. He was like one of the head writers on Fallon and oh he God. is selling shows to Comedy Central. And now he's becoming an actor again. I mean, he is. He's great They're too. I love edible. him. They're both like, yes. you want to bite their faces. And then the Latin character, was that? Cause that's where I was like, going, the se- in, in season two, in season two, with the girl that, pre- that replaces Junction, Ch- yeah, oh, Yolanda. Yeah. 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 That's Shakira Barrera who like 
you want to talk about edible. I mean, it's, she's a human apple. It is not to be believed. She was a professional dancer. She danced for like oh, yeah. J-Lo. She, danced for, she's, she looks familiar to me. She I feel makes like it. me sick. I love her so. Okay. So she, by the way, to come in to glow season two and yeah. be the only new girl, it was like instant. There wasn't even like, oh, who's the B? It was like, oh, get in here, roll around the ring with us, like instant best friends with her right away. And she is just like, she's just a full light. She is so incredible. I was gonna tell you something. Oh, and I think the reason that they brought Shakira on is because wrestling is such a, well, predominantly um, like with Lucha Underground, it's very Mexican, it's very Latin. And they were like, wait a minute, the, we don't have, we don't have Latin representation on this show. And wrestling is such a sure. Latin uh, sport. And so for season two, we, we brought Shakira on. That's great. From what I understand. The nudity. Have, have you done anything yet? A little bit. Um, and I had a little meltdown, which I surprised myself, but yeah, in the. Betty's I forget, done it. Betty, both Betty and, and Allie. Allison. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in season two, there was some point when like Allie and Betty are in the locker room right? and like my back is to them. And so I had to sign the nudity writer. And like, if I turned around, my tits would have been out and I just didn't turn around. Like it wasn't necessary in that moment. No one was talking to me. Right. Right. But, like I was in the locker room changing. So it was just be just as reasonable and true, but I had to sign the writer in case. Right. Um, and there was another woman that day who who had signed the writer as well. And it is a it's a really sensitive Especially now. It's a really but you know, we have women showrunners and women writers and women directors. So it's not like there's these creepy, angry men. No. But like on a lot of shows, by right. the way, Christine, right, yeah. we have been on where it is like, that's what the fucking job calls for. Take your shirt off, like we don't have time for this. We have like yeah. full like intimacy people there and we are being taken care of. It's not well, like I thought, I thought it was just true to the style of the show. Like, in other words, yeah, it doesn't feel great. It never it, feels it, it didn't feel, yeah, it didn't feel right. like, it, I was just like, Oh wow. There, cause there's a couple They're episodes where you yeah, guys are changing. It's yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, there's sex scenes also. Yeah. And then a, another weird random question I have, and you're going to think I'm fucking nuts. And before you were going to go back to auditions, but go on. Yeah. Bash. Is there some point where he's wearing a wig? No. Okay. You want to know if that's his real hair? Well, it was driving me crazy the whole season. Can you believe that's, well, that's Chris Lowell and that's his hair. You know Lowell, don't you? Yeah. I was like, you must. I'm like, after being both of us out here for 1,500 years. It looks like his real hair in the beginning. And then slowly as the season goes, it gets like bigger and bigger. I go, is he wigging it now? I'm like, he must have got another role and cut his hair and they're like wigging him. (laughs) Like I had a whole like, I had like a whole B story in my head. I'm like, oh, he probably booked another job. really into people's hair. You're really, you love that so much. You have great hair though. This whole thing? Yeah. Um, So God bless. God bless. That's how into it I was. Like style. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like they're really going for the robot was driving me. I love the robot. I I love the globot. The dudes that run, whose names escape me, the dudes that run the globot are the most magical. You've never met people like this in your entire lives. They look exactly like you would imagine. One has like a full 2018 mullet, huge, long mullet. The other one wears like a fucking very straight build 1987 fluorescent pink hat with a matching fanny pack. And they have like remote controls and they're like fully in. They're like in the robo world. Like I am not. 
There's apparently a robo world and they, sure. and it exists. Oh, and she's dealt with it. No, I'm not talking about vibrators, Christine. I'm talking oh. about vibrators. Oh. Well, then no, I, Megan, I don't know. Megan, turn it off. It's loud. Um, but there is this like robot world where these dudes were like sought after for glow. Like we needed a Glowbot, and these were like the very clear choices. And they're young dudes are like maybe 30, but they like love robots. Oh sure, and they oh, built yeah. the shit out of Robot it. Robot Wars, and they giggle like at our at our season one, um, the the Glow premiere. The Glowbot would like walk around, was walking around the party, was rolling around the party, and the dudes would program in something to the Glowbot's face that it would say. So it would like be talking, like the Glowbot would be talking to a girl, and they would, and they, and it would be like cute pink dress. It would like come across her face. And oh, the my just, oh my god! They really god. love it. Right. It's a real, real eighties treat. All right, we That's we go hilarious. all over the place, but all right, backwards now. I want to go to season two. Go. Opening credits. Now you guys are all. Oh, because we didn't talk about guest stars to recurring. I mean, we didn't talk about guest stars to series regular. Question. Your contract was for one season then? Well, it's a. Okay. It's actually not that crazy. So basically with Glow, because it's Netflix and it is still, even though now it's taken over the world, this was three years ago. And it's still this medium that no one really knows what it is. They don't know. They still don't have the budget quite of network. I mean, they do, but they don't. It's weird. And so season one, they had like four series regulars and everyone else was a guest. Right. Because they were like, we don't know what this is yet. And we don't know if it's going to be a hit. And we don't have, we can't have 20 series regulars on our show. So me and a bunch of the other girls, even though we were in 10 to 10, were considered guest stars. So we would like do four at a time or something. And then after four, they'd be like, want to do another four? Even though I think they you knew beforehand. Yeah. We didn't. Got it. Like we literally didn't know if we were going to be in the next four. Right. So it was that kind of thing. But then it was sort of explained to us during season one, like, look, if we get a season two, the Melrose character will be a series regular. So even though you're working as a guest star for season one and you will be in 10 to 10, the, it was sort of, ex- it was sort of understood that, I'd be mm-hmm. a series regular season two and and onward, and that is true. Well, that's great then. then yeah. that's a, because then obviously you, you guys didn't have to renegotiate anything. They were but they did also their- like we were talking about. This wasn't a pilot. This was a Genji Cohan right. lady run, directed, yeah. written. Like when someone was like, "Want to be a guest star?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah." Of course. I, no one was looking for me for the last no, five do, years. I'm in my thirties. Like period. Like right. Insatiable is the same way. There's a huge cast, but most of them are guest stars. Right. There's only a couple, le- you know, regulars. Yeah, totally, but it was. But at the same time, would you rather be a series regular on a pilot that's a possible, maybe not going to get picked up on CBS and not be funny oh, and not get like to a, shine yeah. or no, not get to do anything, true. or be? And so that's that was the vibe. It was like, yeah, especially a game changer. Not to be a broken record, but having acted since I was nine. I knew the value of what I was walking into. This wasn't like, cause there are some girls on the show and they're, everyone's incredible. But I think when you're just starting, you, no you don't realize that you won the lottery times 100 That's million totally thousand true. billion. Yeah. Not necessarily financially. No, like no. the career gratifying Betty says it best on our show. You get to play all the women that live in your head. Yeah. It's true. When you're normally like someone that's maybe too big for something, you get to be that, a version of that. Are they sending you script by script? Are they sending, are are they holding scripts? Holding, baby. So you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know anything about season three, so I couldn't even spoil if I tried. I'm talking about even while you were shooting season one and season two. They give us the episode of the next week, the week 
while, so while we're shooting one, we get two while we're shooting. So right now I have one, I have three Oh one, but actually I have three Oh two, but that's actually an anomaly. Normally while we're shooting one, we get two, two, three, and so on. Yeah. They're not giving us, which by the way, I don't really, I mean, I'd read it of course, cause I'd be dying to know what's going on, but it's confusing. I'd rather. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and you don't want to be playing. Uh, my point is, is right. even yeah. in season one, even though you were a guest star and you did, you were doing four of four of them for the, uh, knowing how the show was being run and how it was going, you're like, we're not going anywhere. Well, I was like, unless there's a bus crash, we're all right. in all of these. Right. Especially yeah. season one, we were such a team. In season two, there was a lot more me and Jenny, because we're roommates, we would have a scene. And then like, I wouldn't see Britt Barron, who plays Justine, Mark's daughter. Right. I wouldn't see, I wouldn't see Britt for like weeks. But season one, every single one of us was in every scene every day. We were either in the background right. or we were wrestling or we were learning. So we were together 15 to 18 hours a day, five days a week for five months. Season one, it was like, for That's sure, intense. for sure camp. Amazing. How was crafty? Oh, delicious. I look. I'm a sucker. I'll take a Welsh's. I'll take a fruit snack home too. You think no, I won't? I, I'll take the box. <laughs> you, you're telling me. You're telling me I'm not going to take an H of Valley granola bar home. No, of you're course. Right. Well, yeah, right. You yeah. putting a banana in my. Are they bag. using what, a Keurig or are they using a um... no, Keurig? Are you kidding me? We got a whole Nespresso. That's what I was going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, Keurig. I, no, we got the espresso That's machine. How you know, because because there you go. Yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's talk wrestling. So obviously, you know, in the beginning, all the characters are not really meant to be very good at this, and then you learn throughout the course right. of season one. But as actors, you are doing a lot of your own stunts and also learning these moves. I've seen your Instagram. By a lot. Do you mean all? You did all, all of them? Baby, do all of them? Girl. Do all of them? Yeah, so here's the only time we use stunt people is, like when you're watching WWE, those women are unreal. Yes. Right. But they're doing that stuff one time. They do right. like a few minute match and it's over. We, because it's, we're filming at multiple angles for right. television. We're doing it 10, 12 times. Right. So the only time the stunt people will come in is if like Betty has jumped off the ropes to body slam alley, you know, 10 times. And then it's like, okay, you know what? Or no, not, not body slam. You wouldn't body slam off the ropes, but like sunset flip or something, something crazy that's happening. That can only happen so many times before you're like, ooh, I'm getting a little dizzy. Yeah, right. So, and I guess depending on the camera angles too, you want right. close ups and then from the far away, you're like, let's get the stunt person in there, not right. risk it. And from far away, you'll probably do it once or twice, right? But you don't have to do it. You're, you're doing it five times from four right. angles. You're, you're getting your ass beat. Like it's legit. And, um, but we're doing all our own. It's crazy going into season three. We, it's we're on like hyperspeed of being able to wrestle. Like we came in in day two of training this season. We were doing suplexes, body slams, schoolboys, cruisers. Like we just were, we just knew how to wrestle season three. We just stopped, we just jumped back in and we're like, yo, what it is. Like I love it, was it. Insane. And by the way, talking to my shrink the other day, this was in, kind of interesting. I was like getting teary. And I said, you know, I think I really is <laughs> learning how to wrestle is one of the true great joys of my life. And she was like, well, then why don't you do it when you're not doing glow? And I thought that was insane. I was like, well, what? I had so many, my brain was fighting with her. <laughs> well, why would I be this? And then I was like, sort of quieted my brain. And I was like, oh, I'm like at my peak joy. I'm going to cry right now. I'm at my peak joy when I'm wrestling. 
That is yeah. berserk. But it's also connected because to- I shot my Jewy, neurotic, OCD, sometimes depressed, crazy brain, and I'm just putting the pieces together of like, okay, so pick her up here, put my hand here, do this, keep her safe, cradle her head, pick her up, dump her over. Okay, just body slam someone. Right. Yeah. It's the most present. It's like a laser beam focus because you literally have someone's life in your hand and your own right. life in your own hands. I mean, it's it's the coolest thing, especially because I'm a person, we're all a person of this nature, but I'm a person who's like, I tell myself I can't do stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, vi- I'm that person. I'm hyper able in certain areas. Like I'm never, I'm not going to be like, I don't know if I can write a song. <laughs> I know I can write a song. We're good. But when it comes to wrestling, it's like, I'm not athletic. On the first day of wrestling training, season one, I got in the ring because I'm self-deprecating and trying to be funny and I'm codependent and trying to break the room. I just walked in day one and I said, if anybody's feeling insecure today, I'm just going to say right here, right now, you don't have to worry. If you're feeling weird, just look in my direction. I guarantee I'll be worse than you. And everyone laughed and it broke the room up. And then like within weeks, the trainers were like, we don't like that. We don't like that. That's not true. It's not who you are. You've told yourself a story. Like I'll, I'll cry again. You've told yourself a story till now that you are a person who is not able to do these things, right? And you are able to do these things. But is it because it's easier? It's easier to do that and possibly fail. Yeah, of course. That you know that right. you're setting yourself My up whole, just in case just I in fail. Case. But that's the background narrative. But it's also have. codependent. It's also making right. everyone else feel better. It's right. my need to make sure everyone else is taken care of. I mean, there's it's all it's a lot of things. I mean, there was a lot wrapped up in just me saying that one thing. But it's interesting because our trainers, Chavo Guerrero, who's like one of the I mean Chavo. Of course. And then <laughs> Shauna Duggins, who Not Shauna. Stop it. I mean Shauna, it. Shauna, I mean it. Shauna won Shauna's the first woman to win the Emmy for stunt coordinator. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, she they got a budget Lotus for that. Huh? That's amazing. Hey, baby, now they do. Um, but yeah, so it's just like it, it, Glow has like forced me to lift limitations on myself that I thought. So I think that's like the the double elation of being in wrestling training and truly being able to do these things. Yes. And there's like, there was so much fear wrapped up in it, like in the beginning. And now it's just like, bounce off the ropes, jump into a crucifix, get spun around, pull him down into a schoolboy. T- it's just like, okay. That's awesome. We're doing it. That's amazing. I still want to know why Sheila's a wolf. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm into that. Okay. Let's also talk about, and then I want to go, and then I want to go backwards into like life before glow. But um, I want to talk for a second about the fashion moments you are having. Oh, it's Oh, wait, on my Instagram or yeah, uh, in your life. <laughs> oh, I'm not even looking. I'm not so... even looking at. It. Let me look at. It. Oh, yeah, so at Jackie many Tom, press baby boy. Okay, and things on. and like publicity Let things me, that they have hold, to go to. Hold on a second before you're you start killing talking. Killing the fashion moments. I don't know. Right? If I, are you having so much? It's, I just feel like you're playing dress up, and I get to live vicariously. I'll tell you something. One of the other great joys of my life, and this is, sounds so silly and trite, but as a person who. I never got, I like to get dressed up. I like to get like hair, makeup and styling is really, I know it's really, really fun and it's really, really light. And it's really, it's another way to just get out of my head. And I'm really hard on myself and it's just, it's really nice to feel, to feel like you look good. Yeah. When I think, you know, most of the auditions I went on my whole life as a kid, it was like, you know, I was never 
Glenn was is French kissing me, FYI, right guys, now. Guys, tongues in mouths. Yeah. I was never really like, you know, the like pretty girl on auditions and stuff. And I was always like the quirky, weird friend and never the. So I, it's really nice, I think, like as a grown up to get, I don't know, to get made yeah. up in such a way where I really like look at myself and I go like, that's another limitation I'm lifting. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Look, I look, I, I look, I look good. Yeah. Like, why do. is it so weird to be able to say you look good? Well, you know, what is I, society like why I'm not walking around all day with a sign. That's like, I'm fucking hot as hell. But like, why am I so uncomfortable to be like, I look in the mirror and sometimes I actually think I look beautiful. And you should, you're a beautiful Ugh, person. God, it's so hard to say that and feel that and not cry. Oh God. I'm emo as hell today, bro. I, I'm loving I it. This, uh, I'm loving it. Okay. Thank you. Um, see, and I think that's like, I think it's really relatable because I think we all Thank you. Very I love a fashion moment. Who Are did? you having someone help you with these fashion Yes, moments? I, so in the beginning of Glow, I had, I was doing most of it myself and then, um, I had this cool stylist help me for a while and, um, it just depends. It's really interesting. It just depends on what they budget. Yeah. Because it's really expensive. It's expensive. So if if they don't have a styling budget, I do it myself. Honestly, um, you mean I, they like like the like Netflix, like Netflix. Yeah, like yeah. if we're going to Emmy parties and they, there's no budget, I'm right. not like a stylist is thousands. It's crazy. Oh yeah, and you yeah, I know. You got to pull but, some so, favors. Pull some favors, or I go pull from showrooms myself. Right. Like, which is always a weird look because normally it's stylists that go to showrooms, and I'm an actor being like, I'm pulling for myself, like. Yeah. And then I borrow from Kristen a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I borrow looks from friends and I just love, I love fashion so much. I love clothes so much. They really do make me really happy and get out of my head. And um, yeah, that's awesome. All right. I want to rewind first. He wasn't wearing a wig at all. <laughs> Zero wigs. Okay. You're Zero just jealous. Wigs. He's taking the Nutrafol. He's got very luscious No, hair. I took the Nutrafol, but listen to me. Didn't no, work. because there's a moment I'm just, I have to go back and say Hey guys, we're going to take a break in the episode. Thanks for joining us for part one with Jackie Tone. Join us next week when we talk more about Jackie Tone's beginnings in Hollywood, including her stint on American Idol, other reality shows, and Scientology. Follow us at Worst Ever Podcast and Worst Ever PC. Write to us at worsteverpodcast at gmail.com and follow our lovely guest, Jackie Tone, at Jackie Tone. That's T-O-H-N. As always, I'm Christine Lakin. You can find me on social at Yo Lakin. Catch you next week.